You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Good morning, everybody. We just, uh, we were in Chicago the last couple of days at the equip time. Um, So we got home late yesterday and all fell asleep and then we made it here today. Um, But it's such a rich time and just so many different people uh, sharing with what God's doing around the world and um, in our nation too of just what God is doing. And um, yeah, so it's just a rich time. And so um, I just, yeah, I'm excited to share today. But um, as you guys know, or some of you guys know, we have three kids. Uh, We have two boys. Uh, Sorry, two boys. Oh, whoa. Lord, are you telling me something? (laughs) We have two girls, and we have um, a little boy I know, ooh, and uh, they're pretty amazing, at least I think they are, and each of them are growing up into their little personalities, which I love to see, Um, but I think, like most parents, my desire is that my kids would look like me, and... um, yeah, I want them to be kind of like spotted out that, hey, that's a Martell kid, or um, that characteristic shows, like, you know, they belong to Steve and Jess, and um, I hope one of those would be that they would love Jesus, uh, that they would be strong and confident, uh, that they would do bold things, and I think we already see that with them. They like to skateboard and go down big slides without even thinking about it, and um, I love seeing that. Um, But yeah, I think just the heart of every one of us as parents um, is just that we would see our kids and we want them to look like us. And I think that's the heart of God for us too as his children is that he wants us to look like him. And so in the word, there's just specific things as believers, as sons and daughters of God that he attributes to us or um, things that would identify us as his people. Um, so today, one of the I'll be talking about one of those things today, and so let's just close our eyes, and I'm just going to pray. Um, yes, Lord, I just, I thank you for this morning, and Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're here, God, you're present, and Lord, you're the one that points us to Jesus, and you're the one that points us to truth. You're the one that ministers to those specific places in our own hearts. God, you know the desires of our hearts. God, you hear the prayers that we cry out. God, you know every one of the hairs on our heads. God, you know every person in this room today. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord, as you would will, Lord. So we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if you guys want to turn with me in your Bibles, we'll be in John 20 today. So Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Hmm? All right, I like participation, so say amen when you're there. (laughs) All right. So before I get into this, just a little bit of background of where we are in John. Um, so just before this, uh, Jesus has appeared. He's, he just resurrected. He's just appeared to the disciples. 
and um, they're all together in one place. He comes and stands in the middle of them, and he says, peace be with you. And um, the disciples, he then prays for them, sends them out, and fills them with the Holy Spirit. So that has just happened, and we're going to start in verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So we had the 11 together, and we had one missing. This is Thomas. So he was one of the 12, and he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Imagine that. We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Though the, sorry, I'm like getting tongue-tied. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them again and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have seen and yet have believed. Sorry, yet. Those who have not seen and yet have believed. I'm going to say that again. Verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So again, I shared a little bit earlier, but Thomas was one of the 12 disciples. And if you go back ahead a couple more chapters in John, Thomas, you guys have probably heard about Thomas before. He's known as the doubting Thomas. I just like to call him the questioning Thomas. So in chapter 14 of John, Jesus is starting to teach the disciples like he's going to be leaving soon. He's going to be going back to the Father. And so he's talking to them about going back to the Father, but he's using... Um, some language that is spiritual that the disciples haven't picked up on yet. So Thomas, brave Thomas, is like, Lord, we hear you. We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? So Thomas was very real. He wanted the tangible. He wanted to taste and touch it and see it. And then it would be real to him. So in that passage in John chapter 14, he's actually asking, like, what's the map? Give us the map of how to get there, and we'll get there to the Father. But Jesus is like, I'm the way. I'm the way. So Thomas, he, he wasn't there yet. Um, but Thomas was also one of the 12, which means that he was with Jesus all the time. So that would have meant that he got to see Jesus teach in front of him, got to receive his friendship, got to receive his constant presence, um, got to receive... Um, the blessing of actually seeing Jesus in action and seeing miracles happen. So that was Thomas. So when we look at this interaction with Thomas, it's like, Thomas, what's up with you? Why, why aren't you believing? 
right? So we're going to backtrack a little bit more. And if you guys want to just go there, I'm not going to read from it. But if you guys want to go to chapter 20 of John, we're going to backtrack just a little bit. And some things are going to make sense of why Thomas might have been a little bit hesitant to just quickly say, yeah, I believe Jesus is right here. I believe. Let me touch it. Let me touch his side. I'm so excited to see him. But in John chapter 20, what has just happened? What has just happened? Actually, John chapter 19 and 20 Jesus has just died. So Thomas has just witnessed his teacher, his master, his Lord, his friend, just be brutally murdered on the cross. And it says in Matthew 26, 55, that the disciples all scattered in fear when that happened. Right? And what else did he experience or witness just a couple verses before? He experienced the hate of the Jewish people, the leaders that were looking for disciples to not just arrest them, but kill them. So if you can imagine being in Thomas's shoes, it makes a little more sense why he would be a little bit hesitant to believe what the disciples just told him, right? So I can just imagine I would be with Thomas and I would say, you know, if I saw somebody close to me that was brutally murdered, I would feel some of the shock, a lot of the fear, a lot of the sadness, a lot of the hopelessness, because what had Jesus been saying all along to them? That he was the Messiah, that he's the one that they've been waiting for and promised. So where, where is he now? Where is he now? And like I said earlier, Thomas was very tangible. He wanted to taste, he wanted to touch it, and then it would be real. But in the midst of this, what does Jesus tell Thomas? He says, stop doubting and believe, which is very challenging for me. So in the Greek, it can be translated as, Do not become untrustful, but trustful, right? Stop doubting and believe. Jesus knows that Thomas has just seen all these things, witnessed, experienced. It's probably filling the emotions, but he says, that doesn't give you permission to not trust in me even in this moment, even in this emotion, even in this shock, even in this sadness, even in this hopelessness, even in the grief probably he might have felt. Do not become untrustful, but trustful. So if you guys just go back to verse 29, I'm going to read that again. It says, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. So I I highlight this verse a little bit because that word stood out to me, blessed. And I know we hear that word like, oh, I'm blessed. I'm a Christian. Hey, you're blessed. You know, we we hear it a lot. Or like hashtag blessed, you know. Uh, We hear that. But it just stood out to me. I feel like the Lord um, was, was highlighting that word. And for Thomas and the disciples, that word would have looked familiar to them too um, because just a couple of... um, A couple of verses earlier, we'll see that when Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount, that was one of the words that he used to teach the people. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
So if you know anything about um, that word blessed, it means to make something large or lengthy, or it can be uh, defined as fortunate. Um, so when Jesus was teaching to these crowds of people, it was his very first big teaching to the public, and that was the very first thing he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if we go back all the way to the Old Testament, being righteous or being in favor with God meant that there'd be something to show for it. So I'm righteous, um, I'm going to have the good crops, I'm going to have the blessed family, I'm going to have numerous children, I'm going to have fortune and wealth, but everything was outer, right? Everything was outer in that time. That's what it meant to be blessed or makarios in the Greek. Um, but when Jesus taught the crowds, he was saying, actually, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. This is the truth of what it means to be blessed. To be blessed is to be poor, poor, I'm sorry, poor in spirit, because when we're poor in spirit, what can happen? What can happen in our hearts is that the kingdom of God can come into our hearts when we're emptied out and when we're poor in spirit. So this is actually what a fortunate life looks like, is to have Christ inside of us, to have God extend his grace to us and his favor to us. And it's contrary um, to culture. It was contrary to the Old Testament teaching um, that they probably knew. is like, it's the outward. It's the outward conditions that matter. It's the outward style. It's the outward blessing. All those things are the truth. But Jesus is like, no, no, no. This is actually what it means to be blessed, to have God's mercy poured out on us and extended to us. Not that we've done anything to deserve, deserve that or uh, gain it, but he just gives it when we allow Jesus into our hearts. Um, and, and something else uh, that uh, Jesus kind of brought forward when he taught these Beatitudes um, in the Sermon on the Mount, was that these things weren't things that he was commanding the people to do. If you're poor in spirit, then you're going to go and do this thing. If you're pure in heart, you're going to do this thing. But he was saying, actually, these are going to be attributes that identify you as my followers. They're not going to be things that we have to strive for or work for, but they just are us. Kind of like how I was saying my kids. There's going to be things that they just have because they're my kids, right? They're not working for it or trying to do it. They got the curly hair, you know, the, the nappy head like I do. There's nothing that they've done to work for it. They just have it. It's an attribute they have, right? Um, so Jesus is saying, this is how you're going to look if you are my children, right? Our outward conditions, the things that we see, the conditions of the world are not going to dis distinguish who we are as his children, as his people, so in this, um, a lot of people, you know, they, when we go back to the, the little interaction with Thomas, I feel like they kind of give Thomas a bad rep of this little interaction that he's doubting God, he's not in a good place, but almost like I see this scripture as a gift, a gift to us, because it allows us to see this intimate moment that Thomas had with Jesus. So that means... Like, God allowed this in Scripture, as in, we are probably going to face some of the same things that Thomas felt. But yet, God was already speaking about who we would be, because we're the blessed ones, right? None of us have actually walked with Jesus, sat with him, and had a meal. 
but we've come to the Lord by faith and we've believed in him. But as with anything in the kingdom, we got to fight a little bit. So we got to fight a little bit to be the blessed ones, to be the ones that are reliant on God for everything, to be the ones that are emptied. We have to fight a little bit for our identity. So some of the things that I, I kind of picked apart that uh, Thomas kind of battled was um, he battled a conditional mindset, right? So we see that in verse 25. It says, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put the finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Unless, right? That word unless stood out to me, right? If you, God, if you do this, then I'll do this, right? I feel like that's my, sometimes our parenting with the kids. <laughs> if you clean this up, then I'm going to get you some, like a sugar treat, you know? Uh, but that's Thomas right there. He's like, if you, then I, yeah. right? A conditional statement. So he's placing the condition on Jesus, like, I'll believe when you show me all these things, right? I'll believe, and then I'll obey what you're actually asking me to do, which is to not doubt and trust you, right? How many of us have probably felt that or walked in that before? I know I have, right? Lord, if you do this, then I can obey the thing that you're asking me to do or trust in you or believe in you without doubting, right? If you do this first, right? But Jesus reminds Thomas, and I love that, is like you're missing, you're actually missing the point because Thomas was wanting this evidence. He's wanting to, 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 to make sure that his facts are true and right. But Jesus is like, Thomas, you're missing, you're actually missing the point because if you're a blessed one in my kingdom, is that that song we were singing, I feel like was so prophetic, is that God is enough. And even Steve said this morning, you know, there's nothing, Jesus plus nothing, right? It's so, um, he's telling Thomas, you know, I'm going to be all that you need. Because if we look back through the Gospels, it's amazing. There was a lot of people that saw Jesus do signs, wonders, taught, like they physically saw him, yet they didn't believe in, in him, Right? They never believed in him. They're like, oh, that's great. That's good. Give us some more miracles. Let's do that some more. But they actually never saw Jesus for who he truly was. And Thomas is saying, I want you to see who I truly am. The revealed Christ, the Messiah, right? Look at me, Thomas. Look at me. So I, I believe when we place conditions on Jesus, if you then I will, we actually miss the blessing of Jesus revealing himself to us when we step out in faith, right? Because then we won't cry out. And what did Thomas cry out after he believed? Because the Lord, he felt, he felt it and he knew who Jesus was. He cried out, my Lord and my God. And I think when we step out in faith and we trust God, we have opportunities to then say, my Lord, my God, he reveals himself again to us, right? In that little jump of faith. But when we are conditional, uh, if you, then I, we're not 
we're not going to be seeing Jesus reveal himself to us over and over and over again. We miss that blessing, right, of who he is, the revealed Christ. So that was the first thing. So a conditional mindset will be something that we have to battle with. We have to kind of contend with, like, ooh, I feel the flesh rising. Like, that's something that's not easy for us. It doesn't come, none of these things come natural to anyone in this room. We'll all have to fight these things, right? Um, so doubt, right? The second one was doubt. And I thought this was cool. I like words a lot. But in Greek, the word doubt means to stand in two places. So when I was doing my notes, I have a little stick man, you know, and he's standing in two places. Um, but yeah, so I just drew this picture because I like to see stuff. Um, and when I see someone that stands in doubt, it's pretty hard to walk forward to what God is calling you to do when you're standing in doubt, right? Probably go into the splits, break a leg or something. But it's pretty hard to move forward when we're in that place. So doubt is to stand in two different places, right? It could be standing on Jesus, and it could be standing on my own will, my own strength. You know, if God's calling us out to... Um, step out in faith in our finances. It could be like, okay, Jesus, I'm trusting you, but I also have my plan B over here. You know, I'm going to hustle on the side and do this plan. Um, but to doubt is to just to be in these two separate places, right? And in James chapter one, um, I like his picture. It says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So that's James 1.6, right? So tossed and blown around in the wind, standing in two places. Both of these descriptions don't really give a clear picture of someone that's standing firm, right? If you could be easily blown away off of your revelation of who Jesus is, that's probably not good, Right? It hinders us from moving forward into the things that God has for us, moving forward and continuing to see the gift like, Jesus, I see you again. Just like the very first time I was saved, you're revealing yourself to me again. Right? Even I, I feel like doubt can sometimes be a prison for us that kind of traps us because we're looking for an intellectual answer. Like, I need the evidence. I need to see the books. Where's the documentaries? And it can just keep us in a prison of moving forward to the things that God has for us, right? Our doubt and belief, or sorry, our doubt and unbelief actually aren't intellectual problems, but relational problems. It's a relational problem because doubt hinders us from seeing who, right? Who was Thomas looking at? What did Thomas cry out? My Lord and my God. Right? Thomas didn't cry out, I know the answer now. I've seen the evidence. But it was a revelation. My Lord, my God, I believe in you. I trust in who you are. So actually to see is to believe in Jesus and to trust in him. Right? To not allow outward conditions to determine our faith. Um, so the next thing that we'll kind of uh, contend with um, in being the blessed ones is our sight, 
Yeah, and I've, uh, I feel like that's definitely one where I probably fall on that a lot. Um, but if you look at Thomas, that was probably one of the biggest things that probably pushed him to doubt. Because like I said, I'm not sure how, I would probably be the disciple that ran away if I saw Jesus die the way that he died and um, see all the people that I had just spent three years of my life with run away in fear and be scattered. I would not know what to do. My sight would be blinding me to actually what the truth is, right? Um, and I think we experience this in our own lives when we face trials or we face hard things or we face family circumstances. I know for me, one, probably one of the biggest uh, things that really probably shook me and shook my faith, I think, a little bit was seeing my mom, um, and she was battling cancer. And um, I think towards the end of when she really wasn't doing well, and uh, we knew that she was going to be in heaven soon, um, it was very hard to see her struggle, to see her suffer every day until that day came, to see just the process of that and still trust, like, God, I know that you're in this. We're still going to celebrate, like, the good things, even if it's just waking up that day or having the sun come out. But it's very hard when our sight is tested when we know and we trust and believe in Christ. That isn't something that anyone's immune to. As a believer, we'll all face it at different times. But it's hard. It's very. It's hard to... Um, to trust Jesus in those times, but we have to know that everything of the kingdom is going to be counterintuitive to our natural way of leaning, right? So it's not natural for me to be like, oh, praise God, you know, my mom is suffering and she's having a hard time and she, you know, she's in a lot of pain, but oh, I'm going to praise God through it because I know she's going to heaven. Like that is just not natural. It's foreign to the world and the culture around us. But this picture um, and this intimate moment with Thomas, I love it because God doesn't rebuke Thomas or he's not, you know what, you're not one of the 12 anymore. You got to go, okay? You got to go because you're causing too much problems. You're asking too much questions. You got to go, right? He allows this in scripture for us to see it today, for us to have this intimate moment and God was patient with him. He was patient to walk him through this. And he's patient with us. But I'm going to tell you, as believers, our sight is going to constantly be tested. We're going to be tested. And Thomas saw the worst of the worst, I believe. Um, but Jesus still, he still invites us to look up and to see him. Oh, look at me. Look up at me. Yes, yes, my girl. Yes, my boy. Look up here. Amen? So our, um, the last one uh, that I think that we contend with often is our memory. Who has a good memory in here? Uh. <laughs> Long term, short term, any term? I don't have a good memory. So poor Thomas. I know we're harping on him, but I, I still think he's a hero of faith. Um, but Thomas forgot in that moment about the last three years and what he had just 
taken part of and been invited into as one of the disciples is that he had Jesus all the time, right? He had the miracles in front of him. He had the closeness and intimacy of Jesus. He had the teachings, you know, the other disciples around him encouraging him, but he forgot, right? He forgot in that, in that moment what Jesus was leading up to, what he had been saying over and over again. And I think, yeah, I can agree with that, is that I forget things all the time, and we can be easy to forget the things or um, the, the moments that we've seen Jesus reveal himself to us, right? Um, in, in doubt, it can rob us. It robs us of remembering who God really is of who he is, like we just sang this morning. Um, and I think that happened to Thomas. But I love it because, like I said, I think this is a gift to us as believers today because we got to know that we, we did not come to Jesus by, like I said earlier, and that, that's basically, I love this gospel because that's John's whole point, is that this is written so that we get a chance to believe in Christ. It's written so that we could see um, and determine that he is the word, he is God. But we didn't come into salvation by touching Jesus, like I said, by being a part of the, the, the 12 disciples' time with him or seeing him do miracles, but we actually came to Jesus by faith, right? God revealed himself to us. We felt led by the Spirit, and we said, yes, you know what? I am going to give my life to Christ, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we don't stop as God's blessed people. We don't stop the journey of faith, right? That would be weird um, to start something one way, and uh, Paul talks about it in Galatians. He says, you know, you started... Um, in the gospel, and now you're kind of moving away from it. So we, when we came to salvation, we didn't get to touch. We didn't get to taste. We didn't get to be a part of the group. But it was by faith that we came to the kingdom, right? So this is something that we get to continue doing over and over again. And I think that's the blessing of that revealedness that verse 28 says is that my Lord and my God. Because I think every time we... We have trust and we step out of faith. Like I said earlier, we get that chance of seeing Jesus again, the gospel being new to us again, like, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Lord and I am going to obey because I've truly seen who you are. And again, I love Hebrews. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen, Right? This unseen kingdom, that's going to be a big theme that we see in the gospel. It's the unseen, the unseen. So faith is another word for trust, just like believe is, but we trust, right? That's how we came into salvation. We continue on in our walk as we follow Jesus. So I just wanted to go over those again, if you guys are uh, writing this down. But just the things that we will battle, right? The things that we'll battle that we kind of see Thomas battle is a conditional mindset. 
right? Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put the finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. So if you, God, then I will. And doubt, right? To stand in two places, or like James says, to be tossed around by the wave, like a, the waves in the sea, I'm blown about by the wind, not being firm. Our sight, physically seeing hardships come to pass, things inside the world that will rub against us and make us question and doubt. And then the last one is our memory um, and that we forget what Christ has actually revealed to us um, in our walk with him or at our first time of saying yes to him. So I think, um, yeah, I feel, I would like to pray this morning, um, but I, I do feel like the Lord was just wanting to reaffirm in us that we are the blessed ones. We are the ones that get to see, like Thomas witnessed, my Lord and my God. And it's not limited to um, the day of our salvation, but we actually get to experience that over and over and over and over again, as many times until we see him face to face in heaven, that he wants us to experience that, that power, that revelation, that humbling, right, of just knowing who he is as a revealed Messiah. But like I said, we're, it's, it's something that we have to fight for in the kingdom. Like, it's not going to come easy. And I think this stance of doubting has kept some of us, and I'll be honest, these last two years have been a little crazy, and it seems like it's getting a little more crazy. But this stance of doubting, this being tossed about by the wind and the waves isn't going to allow us to move forward or be obedient to the things that God has for us, where he wants to say, you know what, if you come over here, you're feeling weary, you're feeling weak, you're feeling like you haven't seen me in a while, if you would just listen and step over here, I'm going to reveal myself to you again. You're going to feel refreshment. You're going to feel better. You're going to see me, right? That's what... I love about this portion, too, is that he wanted Thomas to see him. See me, Thomas. It's me. See me, and I am going to help you through this. I'm going to remind you that you're not of this world or the conditions of it, but you're in me. And so something else that is super encouraging for me that um, we can all kind of look at, if you guys want to look at verse 30 to 31, it says, the purpose of John's gospel, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these, everyone say, but these, but these. are written that you may believe, you may what? Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
So I shared earlier, but Jesus gave opportunity for everybody that he came in contact with to believe, right? Through signs and miracles, they followed him. But we don't have to be sad today that, wow, you know what? I'm trying to pray for my friend and yeah, they haven't seen Jesus or, you know, they didn't, they didn't walk with him. But we can be excited because we get to share this gospel with the people around us, not by showing them evidence, but by, um, by giving a testament of our lives. And yeah, we can even just read through the gospel of John and show them, this is Jesus. This is the revealed Messiah. You don't got to actually physically touch him, but I can pray with you and he can reveal himself to you which I love, is that I feel like that's such a prophetic statement. Like, we are the ones that get to be blessed. We are the ones that Jesus was talking about in advance, that we would be those blessed ones that haven't seen but yet believe. Yeah. So this morning, I just want to pray. And um, we could just close our eyes this morning. So when we were worshiping, I actually got a picture of um, kind of like somebody hand wrestling, arm wrestling with Jesus of just like, I feel like God has been saying something to you, but you are just fighting it. And you're like, nope, I'm stronger. Nope. Nope. I'm not going to do it, Lord. Um, but I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like God is just saying, let go and trust me. And so this morning, if you feel, and all of our eyes are closed, and there is freedom in this place, if you feel like you have been struggling with doubt, with a conditional mindset, with the things that you see, you just feel like over and over and over again, you just keep seeing these things that are bringing your faith and trust down with your memory, Lord, I don't remember. I don't remember what it's like when I was saved. I haven't had you reveal yourself to me like the first time when I got saved. And I've been wanting that. And I've been craving just to see you, Jesus. I need a shout out, my Lord and my God. I just invite you this morning just to lift up your hand. And I just feel like the Lord is just wanting to minister to us today and just deposit deposit our um, some faith inside of us and even just to turn some of our faces towards him just towards him a gentle touch because he's gentle with us um yeah but if you just if you have um if you feel like any of those things are you if you guys wouldn't mind just raising your hand um and i just want to pray for you and um Lord. I just thank you. I thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for just this intimate picture that you've left us with, Lord, of you and Thomas, Lord, just going through this moment, God, this intimate moment that you invited us to see, Lord, because you don't dismiss us when we're having a hard time. You don't dismiss us or leave us or abandon us when we're having a hard time. But you actually want to gently bring us in as your children, God, and point our, our faces back at you 
And I just pray this morning, and I ask Holy Spirit that you would just begin to just gently tilt the heads, God, of those who have their hands raised this morning. Lord, where Thomas cried out, my Lord and my God. Lord, you're the only one, like Steve said, that can fill that, that can truly fill that. And I just pray this morning, and I ask Holy Spirit for that revelation, God, that breath of wind, God, like that first salvation, God, the joy would just begin to rise up. God, begin to rise up and stir inside of each and every one of those people that may be having a hard moment right now, a hard season. God, that it would rise up inside of them, God, that it would go against the flesh, that it would go against the things that they see, that it would go against, God, the fight in their minds. God, I pray, reveal yourself, Lord. You are a good father, and you want to reveal yourself, Lord, and you see the hearts of your children, God. We just thank you, Lord. And Lord, this morning, I just, I pray, God, and I just, I thank you again just for this picture, God, that um, you remind us of just who you are, Lord, that you want to continue to reveal yourself to us as the Messiah, as the revealed God. Lord, that every time we step out in obedience, God, that you're going to reveal yourself to us and we're going to cry out, my Lord, my God. Lord, I pray that we would continue to just have moments like that, God. Give us faith. Give us boldness. Give us eyes to see you, just like you were reminding Thomas, look at me, boy. Lord, I pray that we would look at you. God, we would look at you and know that trusting in you, tucking ourselves into your authority, into your bigness, into the way maker's cloak, Lord, that that would be enough for us, God. Lord, help us to have more strength. Lord, for anyone that may be standing in doubt in two places, Lord, I just pray for peace in the name of Jesus. Peace, that they would find peace in you and move forward, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, we thank you for your body. God, we thank you for um, what you've poured into us, Lord. And we just, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, can we give the Lord praise for that? He, he is faithful. He will answer our prayers. We do not have to doubt. Awesome, awesome, Jess. Great word. Um, yeah, so, hey, we love you, RLA. You guys doing good? Yeah. Sweet. I'm just going to pray. Um, not that Jessica's prayer was not uh, right, but I do want to just, I want to echo something about belief and, and doubt. And I know that there is a lot of things going on in life. I know there's a lot of things going on in our lives where we easily take our eyes off Jesus. We just get consumed. We, we, we're battling. We're arm wrestling. Um, a lot of stuff that we have have allowed and brought upon ourselves. There's lots of things that are just feeling like they were just attacking us, right? That's just the, the life that we live in, in this fallen world. But I, I just wanted to pray that blessing uh, before we leave today. So if we can, can we all stand? And I just want to pray for us. As we go out, out these doors today, that we would be believers and Christians, sons and daughters who know Jesus, who believe in Jesus, who do not struggle um, 
um, constantly, religiously with doubt, but that we know who God is. So, Lord, we just pray, God, that this word, Lord, would, would empower us. Lord, I pray, God, that this message, God, will, will, will give us a, the, the stirring that we need to help us open our eyes and our hearts, Lord, to, to the truth, God, that, that you are calling us, that, um, that doubt is real, Lord, but you are realer, God. You are the Messiah. Lord, so we would hold tight to you. We would cling to you. We would hold on to your word, God, and your truth and what you've said, Lord, and we would allow that to be our reality. We would allow that to be our truth, God. And we pray, Lord, that um, the, the Bible, the good news, the good news of the gospel, despite the bad news that we see, we would hold tight to the good news, God. And that would stir us, Lord, and that would prepare us and equip us, God, to go out into this world and to share this good news. We will not doubt. We will not wrestle. We will not fall back. We will not waver. We will not falter, Lord, but we would continue to move forward in grace, in, 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 in your grace and in your strength. Amen. Awesome. Hey, guys, thank you, guys. Let's give the Lord praise.